Hello and welcome to another episode of the Startup Operator Roundup. I am Roshan Karyappa and I am Gunjan Saha and together we break down the biggest headlines from India's growing startup ecosystem. For the 139th edition of the Roundup, we'll be talking about Ease My Trip that decided to halt flight ticket bookings to Maldives. This is amidst the rising tensions between India and the island nation. Transitioning to the tech sector, we have somewhat of a scandalous story. Leaked emails have revealed that Qatar is promoting startup shares without consent. What kind of implications could this have for the company and the industry? We'll talk about that. Moving on, we'll be talking about the large number of layoffs you are witnessing in large tech companies in the US. This includes the likes of X, Meta, Google, Amazon, Salesforce, you name it. And finally, we'll be talking about Upekha's successful close of the first round of its $40 million new fund, which will be invested in AI and enterprise SaaS startups. So definitely exciting times ahead for the fund as well as the startups it will be partnering with. But before we dive in, if you are a regular listener to the Startup Operator podcast, do consider liking this video and sharing it with your friends. And if you are a new listener, then consider subscribing to this channel for regular updates from the Indian startup ecosystem. So Roshan, the biggest uh, news from the previous week is of course the CES 2024 and closer home, we are having the Indian Startup Week underway in Delhi. This is organized by the Department of Promotion of Industry and Internal Trade. And uh, this event, which started on Wednesday, uh, happens every year to celebrate the achievements of the Indian startup ecosystem. This year, Prime Minister Narendra Modi even said that India is among the top five economies in the world today. And the startup ecosystem is the third largest globally. And the main driving force behind these achievements is, of course, the youth of the country. Hmm. Um, So uh, maybe in the next round, we'll be talking more about this. But what are your biggest takeaways from CES 2024? Well, I saw all sorts of uh, fascinating inventions uh, uh, at uh, CES. Uh, there was a thread that I had shared a while back. Uh, you know, you had <laughs> intelligent toilets, right? <laughs> Flying cars, uh, newer devices. I mean, things like uh, a keyboard for your Apple phone uh, or uh, you AI know, powered even cat doors. <laughs> yeah, well, that <laughs> and new form factors uh, are emerging, right? I mean, there's a little bit of a fatigue with the phones, uh, I think, you know, and, uh, you know, I think Apple also is noticing that there's a little bit of a flatlining. Uh, people are choosing to skip editions. Um, the newer Apple phones are at about $1,500, uh, which is a significant cost. And I don't think people will keep upgrading the way they have been. Uh, so everyone's on the lookout for that next form factor. I mean, we certainly spoke about, uh, you know, humane's. Uh, AI pin, uh, right? There's also this rabbit, rabbit device. Uh, so, so there's plenty that is uh, uh, going to come up uh, in 24 and 25. Uh, so let's see, you know, what new gadget we will all be uh, adopting uh, this year and the next. Yeah. Also, another thing which stood for me from CES is the whole reshifting of focus uh, for car manufacturers, Honda and uh, Hyundai and the likes. They are now moving towards hydrogen fuel cells, and not only that, they also Uh, Many of them are talking about using sewage or biomass to produce Mm. hydrogen fuel. So yeah, that is something amazing. which India has been pioneering and now it is taking a global yeah. stage at the CES. Yeah. Massive investments uh, in green hydrogen, uh, both uh, by Ambani and Adani here in India. Uh, multiple tens of thousands of crores has uh, gone into it and God knows we will require all of those uh, energy uh, channels to fire for us, right? I mean, not literally, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so, so yeah, fantastic. Always great to see uh, new inventions, new innovation. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's dive into the first headline of the roundup. Is my trip suspended flight bookings for Maldives amidst rising tensions between the island nation and India? The Is my trip co-founder and CEO Nishant Pitti took to X and said that in solidarity with the country, the startup has suspended all Maldives flight bookings. Prior to this social media post, uh, Ismatrix's other co-founder Prashant Pitti said the startup would come up with crazy special offers for Lakshwadeep travel. And uh, Ismatrix's competitor Make My Trip even reported that there's a 3,400% increase in on-platform searches for Lakshwadeep since PM Modi's visit to the Union Territory. While this is all good to promote tourism in Lakshwadeep and we understand, you know, the geopolitical reasons for doing so, what do you think of, you know, a company getting involved into the geopolitics of the nation? Well, a company exists in society and a society and a nation are intertwined. Uh, so obviously, you know, uh, uh, you know, these things are very closely related, right? You can't uh, operate in silos. Uh, having said that, look, I mean, there are there is the uh, there is a skeptic view and there is the uh, sort of a passionate uh, person's uh, view, right? And the skeptic view is all of this is marketing, and you know, Nishant and Ease My Trip are just like riding on a uh, a wave on uh, nationalism and the prime minister's call and whatnot. Well, that be that as it may, uh, you know, the the passionate person's view is that you know they're true nationalists and you know they want to promote Lakshadweep and and whatnot and uh, like their advertising says you know nation first and business uh, second uh, I I think uh, you know both of those views can stand together right uh, but I will say this right Maldives is one of the most popular destinations uh, and uh, to be suspending those flights uh, they are taking a hit obviously they are taking a hit on their uh, uh, top line in order for the, for them to uh, you know come with a stand for sure right uh, and I was one of those uh, people who contributed to the 3,400% uh, searches <laughs> to Lakshadweep. It is still not as accessible. I mean, the options are still limited. You still have to take a flight from Kochi or, you know, perhaps uh, take a ferry. And, you know, again, these are given to the vagaries of the weather and whatnot, right? Um, so it's not like Lakshadweep can co compete with the Maldives uh, at this point of time. Mm. But the direction is very, very important, right? The fact that we're promoting this... Uh, as a local tourist destination is amazing. Think of the number of people who go to Maldives. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can think of a couple of colleagues who have gone there, you know, in the last six months itself, right? Some of them twice. So, um, you know, it's it definitely is the right thing to do. Uh, and Lakshadweep is beautiful. Uh, you know, if you look at those photographs and everything. Uh, so, Tata is uh, investing in a couple of five-star properties as well. Uh, so, yeah, let's see. I mean, maybe this year it becomes that uh, tourist destination. I mean, God knows we've had enough of Goa. Uh, so we have another beach place to go to, uh, right? Aside from Goa and Gokarna. Um, good stuff. Good stuff all around. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, fantastic uh, uh, work by the Ease My Trip and Nishant uh, to sort of, you know, uh, jump on this uh, bandwagon and, you know, promote uh, Lakshadweep. So uh, that's a very interesting point you bring about, right? But let's change perspective. If it was not Ease My Trip, let's say if it was Google mm. that was, you know, trying to do something which would be of the interest to the United States and was using its, you know, tech powers to control the nation's interest, right? There would be a large outcry out there in the market. So do you actually think it is right for a company to, you know, 
kind of take actions which influence like which is kind of preventing customers or the end users from taking decisions see it's a trade off and at the end of the day a private company can choose to operate the way it wants to uh, within the legal ambit of a certain country right i mean in this case uh, easmetrop has uh, said that it will forego revenues on its maldive bookings uh, right and rather promote lakshadweep now again it's up to them right it's their platform it's up to them uh, and and say don't forget i mean i didn't mention a while back right 99 when the cargill wall ha- war happened i mean there were problems with our uh, maps and geolocations and everything uh, right so all of these private entities do adhere to some national interests uh, at the end of the day right and and again which is also the reason why we need to have indigenization we need to have our own things uh, end to end right now that's 100% not a practical solution right you will not have everything of your own and obviously you will have to depend on countries and so on um, but you have to play geopolitical might where you can right now maldives is a small island nation i mean sure you know they're backed up by china and the way you know global warming is uh, maldives may cease to exist in 30 or 40 years itself uh, now it is our fault as well that you know we have not uh, you know uh, kept up great relations in the past with them uh, right and we should definitely influence our neighbors positively i mean and we have been doing that right i mean whether it's sri lanka or nepal uh we have been making amends for you know what we've done in the past um it's at the end of the day i mean yeah it's it's up to a private uh, company uh, to choose you know what it wants to do the way it operates within the you know uh, legal framework of a country i would say well interestingly talking about neighbors uh, just yesterday i came across this fact that there are no direct flights between india and pakistan hmm. do you know that <laughs> yeah i mean uh see again this is something that uh, you know few folks like harsh madhusudan for example right the economist and author i mean he keeps saying that you know at some point of time pakistan for its own existence will have to trade with india you know uh, it has to put aside all of this uh, um, you know there's no decent word for saying it but all of this <laughs> you know riffraff behavior and uh, all this terrorism and stuff it it will have to put aside all of those things if it needs to sort of not uh, self implode which is what is happening at this point of time i mean i follow uh, a couple of uh, pakistani podcasters and what's happening there is crazy yeah uh, the pakistan uh, you know the karachi police did not have money for fuel you know <laughs> so there was this odd case where thieves are like robbing stuff and like running away and you know people are these guys are not able to chase <laughs> them so uh, well it's a, it's an implosion of sorts so yeah i mean at, at whatever point they choose to like put aside all this nonsense and you know be civil we should trade with them and i don't know i mean let's see it might happen in our lifetimes for sure i think Oh, interesting. All right, moving on uh, to the next topic. Leaked emails show Carter marketing the shares of startup clients even without their consent. Carter is facing backlash after admitting that it misused sensitive client information to target startup lineage investors on behalf of its private stock exchange business called Carter X. CEO Henry Ward has said that it was an isolated incident involving a single employee who breached the internal protocols. However, emails and marketing material sent by Carter, viewed by Business Insider, raise some doubts about the characterization. The debate about Carter mixing its business of managing company ownership and brokering deals focus on sensitive data it holds. This includes shareholder contact info, share prices, transaction details, and others. 
Carter X could use this information to find and approach possible sellers of startup shares, which could lead to issues. But Carter's biggest, you know, marketing messaging out there was the fact that it helps protect such sensitive information while also trying to earn commission from deal broking. How do you think this is going to play out for the company? See, their entire business is supposed to be built on trust, right? Captable information is extremely, extremely sensitive, right? Who owns what and at what price and so on, right? Uh, so if you're going to a, a company and saying that, hey, you know, you can trust me with your captable information, you can't simultaneously have a brokerage or a, you know, private secondaries market out there that sells these assets, right? I mean, you can't do both of those. I mean, even if you do, you have to figure out a way to sufficiently insulate both these businesses, right? And clearly they haven't. In fact, I mean, they've, you know, they've used this cap table information almost, uh, you know, as a, as a business development uh, uh, tool, right? Uh, which is absolutely not done. So, you know, all of this uh, fracas, could have been avoided if, uh, you know, Henry, the CEO had come out in the open and said, look, this was a one-off instance. We apologize, uh, you know, categorically on this and, you know, it won't happen again. But then, I mean, there was this whole face-off between uh, Carrie of uh, Linear, uh, who was the first person who brought it up on Twitter, and uh, Henry, right? I mean, they, they went back and forth on Twitter threads and apparently they had a conversation and so on and so forth. But that's a bad look, basically, right? The CEO of Carter was seen sort of defending. I mean, thankfully, you know, saner minds have prevailed. Uh, I think they've shut down that uh, marketplace business. It wasn't contributing too much. Uh, it was maybe contributing about three or four million dollars to their entire uh, revenue, which is about 200 plus million dollars. Uh, but it'll hurt the valuation for sure, yeah. uh, right? There's a uh, for those who want like a concise summary of this, do check out the FinShots uh, podcast on this, right? Specifically where they explain everything in about seven minutes. Uh, but yeah, I mean we've had Capita, for example, right, uh, on the podcast, and they they do something similar as well. Uh, Chamath jumped into the you know fray as well, and and Chamath, you know, he's. He's been pretty active. I mean, we'll talk yeah. about him in the talk of the town. But uh, he jumped in and said that, look, if anyone's building a cap table solution, I'm I'm happy to fund it. Now, <laughs> you know, I mean, everyone's doing a bit of chance play dance here and trying to think about how to get some of those 40,000 customers that Carta has, right? But it's not a trivial thing, you know, moving those platforms, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, le let's, uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, this is like, as you mentioned it, Carter is in the business of trust, right? Imagine today, like hypothetically, right? Let's say there's some media report out there saying, you know, one of the, let's say poultry uh, providers has been found with, you know, injecting poultry with say, harmful chemicals or drugs. Even if the company has cleaned out the mess, how likely are you to order from them? Right? The ones that yeah. trust is gone, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. It's like, you know, being a little pregnant. There's no such thing, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, interesting, <laughs> but uh, it's it's the the whole thing, right? And, and you know, I think see this private and secondary market, right? Is a is a billion money, many billion dollar market, right? Uh, in fact, uh, my friend Joy is uh, kind of solving this through the Infinite Club uh, uh, startup that she just uh, you know founded, right? Um, a lot of this uh, liquidity is locked up in ESOPs and uh, mm -hmm. you know other shares and whatnot, uh, and uh, you know, there definitely needs to be a market for the secondaries, right? I mean, it shouldn't be as opaque as what it is right now. Uh, uh, and, you know, it will be awesome if people are able to transact freely. Uh, but let's see, you know, 
um just the other day i came to understand that you know private shares uh, will also have to be demated so which means it will go and oh, sit wow. in your brokerage account uh, right so so you know that could be a potential you know um, exchange as well so yeah let's see more news from the west um us is seeing massive layoff round especially among tech giants like google amazon salesforce x Google said it's laying off hundreds of employees across multiple teams including Fitbit co-founders James Park and Eric Friedman. The company will lay off hundreds of people from its voice assistant unit while hundred roles are being eliminated in the hardware team responsible for Pixel, Nest and Fitbit as well. Amazon will lay off several hundred employees in its streaming and studio operations it said in an internal note. Last year more than 27000 people were laid off from Amazon. Xcorp which is the controlling entity for Twitter has slashed off its global trust and safety staff by 30% including an 80% reduction in the number of safety engineers also last week salesforce has announced plans to lay off 10% of its employees and some and even close some of its offices now recent trend of hiring and laying off people kind of makes it show like these large tech companies are riding the stock market wave As soon as their shares are performing well after a big announcement they are hiring thousands of people as soon as share prices plummet they're letting go of you know large chunks of their workforce like what do you think is going on here Yeah that's certainly the case you know i mean this uh, very short sightedness is uh, is not that good you know uh, you have a couple of good quarters you hire a bunch of people and then you have a bad quarter uh, let's say in q4 for the us and you've let a, a bunch of people go i mean it certainly betrays trust uh, right as an employer and uh, no amount of investing in uh, pool tables and uh, you know employee retreats and what not will fix that kind of stuff right i mean there's a certain reason why apple is still one of the most sought after employers uh, because they haven't had a mass layoff since 97 in fact right which is phenomenal think about it right i mean uh, uh, so 20 26 years um, so they will have to figure uh how to solve this and 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 i think look i mean i i can quite sympathize also from their perspective that there is a lot of disruption they have to be disciplined uh this is not the zero interest rate uh, era uh right so everyone wants profitability from these companies so they have to run a tight ship as well as support their growth goals now this is something that i don't think people have been used to like really for about 10 years right post 2010 11ish um people have not been used to it i mean they will learn how to do that i mean this i would say is like you know um casualties in the interim i would say right so and and especially you know saas and cloud companies right um you know they they've not known a truly bad time you know <laughs> they've not known that you know you can say you know 21 22 when the market corrected was bad of course it was bad and you know what not but look again right having been through a recession earlier um things can get really really bad right uh, if you look at the stock market prices of some of these companies they've recovered fairly well you know from november of uh, 21 they've all recovered uh, reasonably well uh, yeah. you know so yeah uh, that's something that people will have to figure out i suppose but it's also interesting i mean especially for a country like india right because a large portion of the you know workforce demography in the us constitutes of indians 
right so all of this talent is going to you know most likely come back to the country and and we have been seeing this happen right this reverse brain brain drain happening over the past few years so i think this is also a great time for us as a country to capitalize on these opportunities so uh, obviously you know if uh, things do get difficult there uh, we definitely could attract these folks and we have opportunities as well uh, you know uh, we're going to put out this episode of uh, startup operator on the road and i've spoken to anandan who was one of those senior uh, folks at intel hmm. uh, right he quit intel and came back here to start this uh, thing called uh, startup tenkasi uh an initiative to nurture and uh mentor startups right i mean definitely you know we could use such folks uh for sure yeah so coming closer home opeka has achieved its first close of 15 million dollars for its new fund uh opeka is a saas fund and accelerator that supports early stage indian startups to expand globally and they pioneered the concept of called value saas right which is providing value to customers from day one and focusing on profitability Opeka closed the initial round of its 40 million dollar Opeka fund secured 15 million dollars in a funding round which was led by Westbridge Capital. This means Opeka is deepening its focus on AI and Indian startups that are building especially in the B2B software products for the world. Opeka's managing partner Prasanna Krishnamurthy says the fund's USP is the referral program that it has built with established SaaS founders. Now prior to Opeka India really did not have a robust ecosystem and platform that focused on early stage startups right especially SaaS founders and uh, their fundraising also comes at a time when you know we are seeing the hardships faced by startups to raise funds but the launch of a new fund is signaling that investors are actually hungry for quality startups to invest in so w- what do you think this is uh, awesome so prasanna and rajan have both been on the podcast uh, uh, earlier right do check out those episodes to find out more more about uh, you know value saas and upeka uh, you know i'm reminded of microsoft accelerator you know wimo was part of the accelerator a bunch of saas companies as well that was the closest equivalent to a saas accelerator slash incubator that we had for a long time you know uh, so upeka has done phenomenal work Uh, over the last four five years, uh, I would say in sort of pioneering this value SaaS uh, concept, right? Which is to say that don't increase your valuation, rather get to a point where you know your revenues justify that, um, and uh, you don't you don't have to like you know go gangbusters and like you know uh, spend a bunch of money to grow. You can grow in a very capital efficient way, right? This also retains more optionality for the founders. uh to take their business in the direction that they want to right um so often times there is a dichotomy of you know uh, whether whether bootstrap or funding uh, i think upeka is sort of saying you know there is a certain middle path right i mean you don't have to uh, skew overly towards one path or the other uh so good man i mean anything that you know comes in at the early stage increases the probability of success um reduces mortality of startups at that stage mm-hmm. is uh, is is always a plus one for the ecosystem and especially something like saas right um where there is a certain success template there are playbooks there are benchmarks um and it can be uh driven by those benchmarks right so uh mentorship at that level is is really really helpful so yeah uh, kudos to them and uh, all the best and uh, yeah hopefully wednesday we'll be meeting uh, the opeka gang at their social um, so yeah we'll have plenty of questions for them yeah 
before we move on to the talk of the town section here are the most notable fundraisers of the week well interestingly the second week of january turned out to be a positive one for the indian startup ecosystem with venture funding crossing 100 million dollar mark Notable startups include healthcare company Curebay that raised 62 crores or 7.5 million dollars from Elever Equity and existing investors. FinTech startup Salary C raised 5.25 million dollars from Peak 15's Surge and Pravega Ventures. And B2B startup Karkhana.io that's in the manufacturing space raised around 6.3 million dollars from Arkham Ventures and Vertex Ventures and others. Uh so definitely we are seeing I mean I won't say we are building momentum but at least this has been a good week for fundraisers. Yeah, interesting. So uh for the talk of the town section you mentioned uh, Chamat posting on Twitter I'm starting an incubator funded entirely by me. It's called 1890. Tell us what enterprise software you use and my team and I will build you an 80% feature complete version at a 90% discount. Well of course you'll be wondering how he says we are using AI and offshoring to make this happen. So it looks like we're already seeing the AI revolution like execute on ground. No, it's good. It's uh, it's definitely good. Uh, anything that uh, makes for a cheaper software is a net positive. Even if in the interim period it causes a lot of uh, uh, you know heartburn, <laughs> right? Uh, but I, I look. I mean, it, it's good directionally. It's good, but I don't know if you know. Uh, first of all, eighty uh, percent feature complete is uh, good enough for large enterprises. Uh, you know, because having been in the large enterprise software game, I I do know that the last mile really really matters yeah. for them, right? You can't sell off the shelf products to these folks. Uh, the ninety percent discount is a good carrot. I would. say uh, again we'll have to figure right i mean okay is ai so good that it can ship uh, production ready code i am not sure at this point of time right uh, so yes like i said directionally it will get there someday when you know ai is so efficient that it can ship code that will make any software possible uh but are we there right now maybe not for the next 4 or 5 years in my mm. opinion um and see lot of software people kind of ignore the amount of domain knowledge that you need the amount of back and forth the amount of um, people interface that exists right because ultimately you know software is used by people and people can be random right? <laughs> you can't put people in a process unfortunately um so directionally yes maybe we'll get to a point at some point of time where ai gets super efficient uh, and with offshoring you can bring down these costs and certainly i do feel that some of these you know software as a service uh, tools are like massively inflated god knows i think uh, you know all of your oracles and saps and uh, sales forces and what not could do with a little bit of competition to sort of ease off on the pricing uh, heck we use some of these uh, tools ourselves and i'd love to pay less for some of these <laughs> so so it's all a positive i would say but not uh, not anytime soon well there's only one way to find out that's yeah. to wait that's to wait all right folks so that's it for the 139th episode of the weekly roundup we hope you enjoyed this discussion and had some interesting takeaways for yourself do subscribe to this channel for regular content from indian startups and the likes uh, if you want updates to be delivered straight into your whatsapp inbox you'll find the whatsapp link in the description below follow us on our social media handles do all the good stuff and keep those comments coming in we'll be back again next week with more exciting news cheers guys 